what's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some dungeons and dragons. Each week, we or a listener like you writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs and have some fun talking about them. I am one of your hosts, Allie Deichman, and with me this week is... Trevor Bettis. That is right. So Trevor, this is this is your turn. This is your week. This is my turn. It's a monster dive. We we back. We're yeah. doing another. We have done consistency. We did another episode of the thing <laughs> we said we were going to do more episodes of, and yes. we actually did it. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. It's, it was yeah. It was great. Because <laughs> we here here's one I don't even know if the listeners knows. We haven't done a review in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes you yeah. don't need to do reviews all that often it's okay yeah yeah you know also you know if we if we we're gonna do more they would have gotten more listens uh, <laughs> True. but these got good but the last one got got uh, some really good uh some feedback and and uh interest so we want to do more of them and it's my turn and i was yeah. nervous mainly because i forgot to do it until today but i did it <laughs> and i spent a lot of time on it uh, anxiously reading stuff and writing stuff down. And I think I've got something pretty cool. Nice. Now, yeah. So, so I I, I went through the monster manual like you did, and I, and I wanted to find the the something fun. And I there was a couple. I'm like, oh, that'd be cute. Like at first, I thought about doing displacer beasts because ah. we have a joke that that our cat is a displacer beast <laughs> because she somehow gets where she wasn't very fast, and we she's manipulating light and shit. But there wasn't. A lot of lore behind that. <laughs> I also didn't want to cheat because I totally could have cheated and just spouted off something we did on Champions of Lore, but I didn't want to do that either. <laughs> I wanted to put effort into this, dang it. Um, so I actually chose Aboliths. Aboliths? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. Is it Abolus? Abolus is whatever the hell you want. I love it. Anything you want. Um, yeah, these these are ones that um, have interested me for a while because uh, I used one. I've only used it once, and I used it in fourth edition, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now reading it, so wrong. <laughs> but it's okay. There was a lot of things I did wrong in that one that didn't actually have anything with the lore, and it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Um. So, listeners, if if you if you're not familiar, if you're not if not drawn an image in your head, because I describe I said a bolus earlier to someone, they're like, "You mean this?" I went, "No." Um, <laughs> it, they they are they are the the giant flying fish people. Mm-hmm. They look like fishes, just kind of swirling in the air. They got some tentacly stuff coming off them. I almost knocked my switch thing over. My bad. Uh, getting too into the movements that you can't see, <laughs> podcast listeners. It's all for Allie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, so. They went through some some differences in in art, and actually, uh, listeners, I, I I very much recommend going to just type a both into to Google. First one comes up is the Forgotten Realms wiki, and you actually click through the different editions of these things, and it it is a very interesting <laughs> collection of images because they 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 get they got like at one point they just look like smush fishes with like. Like uh, uh like uh, what am I thinking? Jordy LaForge like glasses on and like three of them on there, right? Yeah, like little visor things. Yeah, then then in fourth edition they just looked like giant catfishes with eye things on it, mm-hmm. and and now the, the fifth editions looks terrifying. So 
Fifth edition's version of Obolus are fish-like things. They got gills on the side. They got three eyes going up the the center, and they just have a maw yeah. of razor sharp teeth. And, and I even said in in my notes here that they they don't have jaws. There's no jaws there. It is just a maw of teeth. And then it this kind of translate or you know uh, extends out into a bunch of thick tentacles that become its tail and kind of arm things. It's real. It's real creepy eldritch shit. Yeah, I never really looked at it that, you know, intensely. Um, it doesn't really have much of a body. It just kind of goes from head to neck to just tentacles, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's almost got like kind of a jellyfish sort of thing to it. But if the jellyfish was like, you know, pointed at like you and eldritch. had a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, tentacles. We got to do tentacles. Yeah. And I really do love how it looks compared to the other ones. Because, listeners, you really got to go back and look at these. Because they're... Like, one of them... The, the, the third edition one, I'm like, you kind of look like uh, like a Totoro bus. Like, you're going underwater, taking some child to, to see, a, like, some weird spirit god. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. that that These things, they, they normally... They, they usually grow up to 20 feet. But they don't stop growing. Um, as they live and we'll get into how long they live, but they get, they, they can get up to about like 40 feet long, which is terrifying. Just, yeah. uh, um, <laughs> no jaws, just teeth. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to laugh at some of my notes as we go through this. Cause I just wrote them as I, as I would talk. Um, but one of the things that I didn't know about these guys that was so interesting is that they actually, they have three organs on them, um, like they're 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 outside their body that secrete secrete this like gray mucusy slime that goes all over them, Ooh. and they actually breathe this, which is a fascinating concept that it basically breathes its own material. Wait, don't eels do that? It could, I maybe I'm I'm not I'm not I, I don't know stuff. Aaron M. Evans got to come in here and tell me like real world stuff because I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so so essentially this this gray mucusy shit um, allows them to breathe on land and underwater. But the the caveat here is if that ever goes away, like if that gets you know the organs get hurt or something like that, they will start suffocating. Ooh. Yeah, which is, again, that's a neat little weak spot. But here's the thing, though. That doesn't kill them. Um, They actually, if this happens, they will put themselves into a suspended animation uh, that's called The Long Dream, which, for a bolus, is actually considered worse than death. Ooh. And and while they're in this state, like the you know the 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 mucusy stuff is like, uh, or or no, the 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 membrane of their skin starts to harden, to the point that it becomes like this waterproof shell, where it's just suspended there, dreaming, s- sort of alive. Oh. It does. Say, this is an interesting point, though. It does. It, it, the the Lord did say that if that that waterproof skin gets punctured. It, all the liquid starts coming out and it will probably die then. So it's this weird, interesting steps to it slowly dying. You can just go up and, you know, kill this thing. Um, But the, the thing is, though, is that that's killing them 
or or some sort of disease. And I don't know what an eldritch fish fish disease is, but that sounds haunting. I don't want to know what that is, but they said disease can kill this. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what are they what are they what are they catching? Um but besides that, they won't die. They are they will just keep existing. They will not die of old age. Mm-hmm. Which is another just fascinating like eldritch horror sort of thing that these things are eternal. Um but uh the so so kind of pivoting over to like them themselves like like as a society and sort of thing one of the things that is absolutely fascinating about them is they are born with all of the memories of their ancestors from the get-go mm-hmm. they are basically born functioning adults oh man what a, what a what a dream <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I still, I'm still getting there. Though that's why the, the bullets are, are are better than me. Um, yeah, so so like they, the they they get they were born. They have all the memories of everything that had has pre existed for them, their parents and so on and so forth like that. But the the interesting thing is that they still act paternally or not paternally, but like like they they still have like a family dynamic for a bit where the younger ones stay with the parents and there's even a form of like respect to their elders, which is a weird concept because it's like, Hey grandpa, man, I you know lo- love you so much. Literally know everything that has happened to you in your life. It is so, a, props yeah. to you. It is a weird concept because usually that respect is formed just from the basis of just, you have more experience than me mm-hmm. and you kind of understand more. That's yeah. not the case with Avalos. They 100% know the exact amount of experience as the other one, as their parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, which, which makes it even more, in my head, societal than just a kind of uh, archetypal respect for someone knowing more than you. Mm-hmm. Because you literally know everything they do. And it's actually, wow, now that I actually kind of think about it, you that grandchild technically knows more because it knows its life plus its child's life which so it's getting even it has one step further experience even though that other abolith has lived that whole time it has a whole other lifetime in it wow yeah that's that's that's, that's wild that, that i i loved the high concept of these yeah. um which is why i was kind of actually surprised that uh these things were around in first edition because this this to me sounds so spelljammer. And I mean Abolus, they're they're very prevalent in spell jamming stuff. But it, it's actually kind of interesting to me that something like this came out in first edition. Not to say that first edition lore sucks. I mean, <laughs> a lot of it's not great, but you know, <laughs> that they were go that there was something that high concept back in the day. Yeah. Uh speaking of spelljammer and all that, where are they usually found? <laughs> so, uh, they uh, originated in the Far Realm as all creepy tentacle things in D&D do. Yes. Um, side note, I didn't actually have this in my notes. Um, they they don't like mind flayers, but not in a like, I will destroy you. They're more just like, you're weird. <laughs> we have no idea where you came from, and we don't like that. <laughs> 
I just really like that it's not like any kind of like hatred or anything. It's just you make us we're fish tentacle things. You make us very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that little point about it. It was so good. Oh my god, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so so they 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 come from the far far realm. Um and the uh, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip ahead here a little bit in my notes and get back to that one. So, yeah, far realm, weird stuff. Not a lot of things written about it because the I mean, if we're getting down to you know base level here, it's meant to be that way. So it's spooky and mysterious and eldritch horror and all that stuff. Yeah, I have in my campaign a character that is a supposed expert on the far realm, and I wrote a book that uh, Spencer has <laughs> Dang. about the far realm. Uh, it's like an infinite plane that goes both vertical, horizontal, and every other direction that you can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And every plane shifts constantly and infinitely. And <laughs> it's the movie Cube. Yeah, except <laughs> everything's always moving all the time, and you will suffocate forever, <laughs> but not at the mm. same time. It's that kind of place. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that checks out. Mm-hmm. That checks out. Um. But yeah, so 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 they they come from there, and they actually are one of the first creatures to have existed. And I don't mean that in like lore, in like I wrote something down wise. I mean in the lore, they're one of the original beings of the multiverse. The OGs. They actually existed before the gods. Yeah, that is canon. Oh, I love that. Cause yeah. I, I love that kind of lore world building kind of bullshit. Cause it's just like, well, yeah, there's the gods, but you know, there was something there before them. <laughs> yeah. And, and these were one of the things, um, this part of it gets murky. I tried to find what society or creatures these would have been, but essentially there were other beings that existed at around that time as well. And the bullets, uh, who again, Far, far realm and almost everything in the far realm is psionic. Yeah. Um, I mean that that that's a big thing with the mind flayers. Um, and with their psionic powers, they actually reached out into other worlds and messed with the minds of the creatures on there, Ooh. and uh, basically like like turned them into servants and and uh, um, like basically built like Cthulhu style cults on other worlds, which worshipped them. So they were actually kind of the first quote unquote gods. They were kind of the first things that were worshipped. But (laughs) then the actual gods came around (laughs) and they essentially like they were hanging out. They're like, hey, existing. That's new. That's kind of cool. And they saw this, these fish people controlling things on other planets. And they went, lol, no. Boom! Just smacked that down. Can't have that. <laughs> yeah, they 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 severed the connection and basically beat the bullets back. And th- here's the thing, though. So the bullets really got comfortable with being worshipped as gods. They were like, "We like this. This is really cool. You bring me grapes, and I just eat them. That's fantastic." Mm-hmm. Um, and when the gods did this, they literally upset all of a bullet life and everything and they didn't like this they felt very slighted now 
consider the fact that every current living a bullith has a memory of that moment. Yeah. <laughs> that that is the kind of stuff that's like that that's it hurts my brain to think about. To like ha- to be a current thing that has a memory of before basically time and then getting pissed about something and it being like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's one of those concepts that you can't like physically wrap your head around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but needless to say, the Abolus they do not like gods. They do not like gods in any way, shape, or form, and still to this day feel slighted by them because of what they did. Um, let's see what where because like I said, ju- I jumped around a little bit. <laughs> I literally wrote they never forgot this slight. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, they don't like I said, they don't they don't die. They they assume they will live forever. Um, but oh, oh, one of the things that I skipped there. So, like I was saying, they they do stick the, the younger bullets do stick around with the parents and they have respect for their elders and everything, but they actually do form what is called broods. Um and now that I think about it, that's actually uh also used in Warhammer 40k for the the Tyranids. Uh-huh. Uh but they yeah. The, but the these broods are kind of, um, they're like not quite like tribes or anything like that, but they're collections of abolis which do have a leader known as an overseer, and these broods normally have um, uh, kuatoa. I think that's how you say that. Kuatoa, little fishmen, little fishmen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The kuatoa. Yeah, um, they the the kuatoa. Love an Aboleth. Big fan of an Aboleth. Uh They they see one of them. It, it, it's it's like the six year old seeing Mickey at Disneyland for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they hang out with these broods as just their servants, completely willingly. They're just like, no, no, I'll get it for you. Don't worry, don't get up. It's fine. Um, but what is interesting is they. So like I said, they hate gods. They're like, we were worshipped. We still want to be worshipped, which is a main motivating thing for them going around and whatnot, they want to be worshipped. That is their goal. And so in their society, they have no gods. They have no form of belief system or anything like that because to them, they are that. Why would they worship anything higher? Except there is one thing. And it's only kind of rare that this happens, but some broods um, have reverence. That was the interesting wording on it. It's not a worship. It's not a like full belief or anything. They have a reverence for something called the Eldritch Evils, which is a super old evil primordial god thing. So um, like I, actual Cthulhu stuff. Kinda, yeah. Like essentially just unknowable evil. Yeah. Which I mean fits with them. Because the, these things do, the Ebolas do have the, you know, stat block uh, alignment of evil. But that is because, and I, I mean, if, if you heard B. Dave talk about alignment, it, it, he talks about it as uh, it being uh, selfish versus selflessness. Mm-hmm. And these uh, Ebolas are literally the epitome of selfish. They want to go in back every to being way. gods. Yes. Yeah. They, uh, because they are born with millennia of knowledge, they literally are born feeling greater than anything else that exists. Yeah. (laughs) 
And so the, the the whole selfishness thing is not only just ingrained in their society, it's ingrained in every one of them because every one of them has the memory of the original ones, which were these evil bastards. So they all are like, eh, well, you know, we'll keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, that's not to say that you couldn't have a, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll get into that, into the, how do you stuff? We'll get into that one. There. Yeah. Um, but, uh, th- th- this was another interesting little tidbit about their, their quote unquote culture that was interesting. So again, they don't die of old age and because they don't have this kind of constant mortality looking at them besides, you know, getting shanked or something like that. Right. Um, they not only don't they they don't have a fear of the of of death. They have no interest in even considering the thought of an afterlife. <laughs> that's that's actually pretty neat, <laughs> right? It's like, well, what happens when you die? Well, we don't think about that. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen to us. Yeah. Death is not it, it, a part of their plan. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so the, one one of the things that like, oh man, okay. I had the thought and then ADHD just took it away. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, so they, they, they do not give a a damn about uh, the afterlife. Though it would be really funny at some point to have a a Bolith ghost and then be like, well, shit. Um, Oh, that, that's the thought. Uh, It's especially interesting to consider if an Abolith has already had children it or it knows that its memories are now living on. Yeah. So it does not have to care about any form of like quote unquote legacy or anything like that. It's already been like it already saved to the hard drive and you know send it to the lockbox. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the whole concept of like, well, what's the point of living? It's like ah, you know, have a legacy. It's like no, that's it's already secured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you know. Far Realm is not the material plane, but we do have a bolus on the material plane. And they essentially plane shifted. Um, And when they did, they came out in the Underdark. Um, Which is where currently in the lore, the majority of material plane of bullets exist. And that's actually the one thing I got right in 4th edition. They met in a bullet in the underdark. I I didn't I I got that one. Hey. I got that one. Hey, I don't really know why I had them fight a beholder before they met it though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's another episode. Yeah, because um, yeah. But one of the things that I learned that was very fascinating that I did not know about this: they have built cities in the underdark. There are actual Aboleth cities, which make no sense to any non-Aboleth creature because they're eldritch. They don't, you know, far realm shit. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the city of Relay and stuff like that in, in, in Lovecraftian horror where it's just like, it's strange geometry and crap. Yeah. Um, that again, we're going to get into it a bit, but that is, that has sparked my interest in, in some things and some stuff. Um, the last part of the lore that I want to, I want to go into here before we, we discuss anything about their stat block or anything. At one point, a flying, a bullet city named Zip, Zipu, 
Zippu, I think. It's XXIPU. I would say Zipu. Zipu, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably say Zipu um, just to not be zipper. <laughs> <laughs> so this flying Ebola city f- flew to the material plane. And it is a obelisk. It is a floating giant obelisk. The image on the wiki is terrifying because it's this massive stone structure that's reaching up into the clouds and there's all of these Ebola's floating and flying or swirling around it. Ooh. Yeah. Now, the the really creepy thing about it is that on that city was an Ebola named Eldest, which if this is not confirmed by the lore, it's left up to interpretation, stuff like that. But is possibly the progenitor of the race is possibly the oldest living Aboleth in the multiverse. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, according to the lore, the uh, this city uh, essentially went into hibernation, and I believe, if I was reading it correct, is actually in the sea of falling stars. Oh, it's in space. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That's so. It's kind of weird to think about because we were just talking about how like the younger ones know more than the older ones technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just because of just assimilated knowledge. Mm-hmm. So like the eldest one is the the least knowledgeable. Technically, kind of. Well, I mean, like that, that's they, the they thing do about. have it's, psionic it's... powers though, so I imagine they share. And, and yeah, oh, you made me remember the other creepy part, Ooh. which would explain eldest. Um, they absorb every piece of memory from any creature they devour. Oh, <laughs> okay, which is just terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like essentially. Again, because they already have this, like, higher being sort of thing. If they need knowledge about something, they just need to find someone that has it and they eat them. (laughs) They they don't need to do anything. They need to ask them. They just need to eat them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that that is the, the, the extent of the stuff, of the lore that I found for Aboleth's. Um, but let, let's, let's take a look at that stat block. That makes me question so many things. Like, did the eld do they eat each other? Like, can oh, eldest an inter- eat a young one and just Ooh. keep up to date, so to speak, like an update? Oh, that's, f- oh, 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 Like, oh, there's, a, there's a whole society, which, this is going down the centaur rabbit hole. Do they have beds? <laughs> Like how does how does that work? Um <laughs> that I and see the one saving grace I have for this. Okay, so let's we're we're, we're going to do a little tangent here. Yeah. We're going we're going we're to a little champions of lore ta- <laughs> tangent here. So w- she was saying Centaur City. During Pathfinder, we th- I'm going to go real deep on this. Yeah. During Pathfinder, we entered a city that our DM was like it is a Centaur City. It is, it is solely centaurs. Centaurs built this, and they live here, and they have life. And I went, okay, so here's the thing. I can't watch the movie Cars 
because I start asking too many questions. Also, I had this conversation with Emily Matchett uh, the other day on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> about cars. and Because every time I see any part of that movie, I'm just like, why are there streetlights? Their eyes are literally lights. Why is there a bathroom? What do they do in there? Do they have beds? Why is there a sidewalk? They literally drive on the road. Like, I just start asking too many questions. And then I looked at my DM and I'm like, prepare for centaur questions. Because <laughs> I have them. <laughs> is every door we go through massive? Like, what do the chairs look like? Do taverns have chairs? Are they all just walk-up tables? Are they all community tables? Like that terrible place at Sioux Plantation. <laughs> Yeah, there's there was just so many questions. So many. And but so. see the the thing that this gets around for me is they're like it's eldritch. You can't understand it. it. It's it has shapes and degrees that you can't even fathom and that's where they live and I'm like all right, I'll accept that. Where they're I, going I they don't it. need beds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, but now you got me thinking like this creepy like weird like like a fucking Escher painting hallway and in the middle there's just a bullet on its side. <laughs> Just floating through the air. All of a sudden it falls down some stairs. <laughs> like that's the other thing. Do 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 they need to sleep? Do we know that? Well, it see, says like that, they they hibernate, which is like the worst thing ever, apparently. But. Well, that that's that's when they're at the verge of death by no like goo. Physical death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I I mean, I guess. Because they do have the thing of the long dream, but they're also these elder chores which can infest people's dreams. That's kind of one of the ways that they they speak to people across the the plains is by like in, intruding in their dreams and their thoughts and everything like that. So maybe when they do that, they're in a trance and they they don't need it. But yeah, they might just not need to sleep. They might just always exist, which sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, like if elves can do it. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, even then, they got to meditate. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's just for physical upkeep. Yeah. Like, if they weren't moving, they I'm sure they could just hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's like the kind of things I question about. Oh, now I'm thinking about that obelisk. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. See, that's what I'm, that's what I'm loving about these deep dives. They really get my brain going on, like, other stuff that isn't prevalent or like so so well prevalent in in adventure books yeah so so i'm gonna give a quick little overview view of these boys without you know doing too much for for players so bolus they are uh they're large aberrations um and they're they're cr10 which i actually am surprised about that's a little low yeah honestly i mean like i personally i think they should be up there i think they should be like meeting something like a Tarrasque or at least a big lich, you know? Yeah. I actually, you know, I, I kind of, I feel like, let me see, Boleths, 4E, stat block, because I, I feel like they were more imposing in 4th edition, but I could be wrong? Oh, God. Wading through the, the Google images for this. <laughs> oh, there, there we go, there we go. Uh, oh, nope, that's a mummy. Well, I can't find it. Anywho, yeah, I, I could definitely see, like, like, especially with, like, Eldest. Like, Eldest has got to be big, bad CR-23 creature. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so 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 they are large creatures. Um, They are amphibious. Like I said, they can breathe in air and water thanks to the goopy, goopiness. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they have telepathy, so they can't, they can 100% read your thoughts, which is another way that they go about kind of tricking people and getting people to worship them is by finding out in their minds what they want and offering it to them. Um, you know, they got the tentacle, they got the tail. Uh, one of their abilities is enslave, but you know, it's not, it's not great. Uh, but the, the bullet targets one creature, uh, I can see within 30 feet of it. Target must succeed a wisdom saving throw or be magically charmed by the abolith until the abolith dies or until it is on a different plane of existence. <laughs> that sucks. Damn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's uh, the, oh, the charm target is under the Abolith's control and can't take reactions and the Abolith, um, and the target can communicate telepathically when, uh, with each other from any distance. Um, yeah, but the, one of the, one of the things though, they are CR 10. However, they have legendary actions and in the book, they do have layer actions. They do have layers and stuff like that, yeah. uh, you know, mainly in the underdark and whatnot. Um, they're they're just they're really cool. I really do like these things. They're creepy. Yeah, they are. And and I want to point out one of the legendary actions works with that whole charm situation. Mm. And it's a legendary action, psychic drain. One creature charmed by the abolith takes three d six psychic damage, and the abolith regains hit points equal to the damage that creature Good takes. God, not half. I love it. Just regains it. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. One thing that keeps throwing me off. I will say the entire time is the picture because I look at it and I don't think large. Cause yeah, large, I think huge. Yeah. Large means that a giant is bigger than this. Yeah. And th th this looks like a big old boy. Yeah. It looks like it should be like in the world's biggest freaking pool. Like, yeah, not something as big as an ogre. Yeah. Um, and I mean, at your, your tables, you can a hundred percent, uh, uh, do that one. I probably would too, because I want to make this thing like big and imposing and terrifying and whatnot. Um, but yeah, though, the, 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 the cities was really the part where my mind started going and, and taken off on things because you can do so much with the abstract concept of dungeons and that kind of even frees up like the way you make them because mm -hmm. you can essentially just build rooms and have you know wild ways that they get to them it's like oh you see a pool of water but instead of seeing your reflection you see another place and then they go through it and then they're in the new room yeah um you can literally do the cube yeah you 100 percent could filled with a bolus Mm -hmm. terrifying oh yeah <laughs> yeah um and like and it's nice because they do have the kuatoa and other eldritch fish people things that you can fill these places with as you know smaller things before they meet the aboliths i think that was kind of the intention with the cr is that you're not meant to face this thing like one-on-one -on -one. like this yeah and like 12 other people that's yeah. your fight yeah, that's true. That's true. Because, like, I don't see... I see these things fighting themselves as a last resort, but then just also being terrified. Like, like you know those, like, that, that weird alien thing Han Solo had on a ship in Force Awakens? Like, like just that 
kind of like ripping apart and eating kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, no, there, there, there's definitely something to be built here, especially with, 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 uh, with Zippu and that just terrifying, uh, um, uh, obelisk and having these things in there. And I mean, cause like you, you can even start doing things where like, cause again, they can reach out from where they are to a creature because I think they have, yeah, they have, they, they can do uh detect thought and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that whole learning your desire thing, that's, they just need to see you. Yeah. And then they yeah. got you, which uh, I mean, makes you think about a certain campaign <laughs> and how wild that can go if it goes a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, keeping that spoiler free, but <laughs> <laughs> for, for such low level characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, there's, and because they're in the underdark also though, like they're, and actually, you know, now that I think about when I was reading through, out of the abyss, I don't think they, I don't think they messed with these, because they were they were really focused on demons in that one. Like it was, yeah, it they, was about the abyss more so than the far realm. Yeah, yeah, and but like you could do some really interesting things with a bullets in there because like they there was even artwork I saw of one that like lives in a pool in Menzo Baranzan. <laughs> yeah, like what's it doing there? Why isn't it trying to control people? Yeah. Um, but like one of the, the plot points I brought up earlier is like, okay, so like what, what if there was a good Aboleth? Hmm. Like, what if there was one that was like, you know what? I don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like they have all the memories of every Aboleth before them. So wouldn't they perhaps like have a little bit too much thought on that one Aboleth that they remember that completely was myrtleized by adventurers because they were going against them. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know what? What if I can, one, both, still keeping with the selfish theme, like, get these adventurers on my side, mm-hmm. and two, not have them see me as an enemy. So it's like, I can totally see them still being selfish, but still also not being the evil route. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it like I'm, I'm thinking of like interesting character things because like how how would an Aboleth speak with a party and besides just you know invading their thoughts and so like it, it would be interesting if there was like maybe there was like a Kuatoa that was like no I don't care I just want to I just I just want to work for you I'll just do whatever and so like occasionally the Aboleth just walks out into town as the Kuatoa. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and that that would be really really funny and interesting. I'm just imagining now one that is like that that did remember that pain and you know from the gods taking over, but then realizing because they're smart creatures that the gods might have a point of how they get things going, and it's like, well, mm. these gods do offer people boons. And they do help people every now and then. There's that whole time they were walking around just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And it and people like them. They worship them. We're nearly forgotten. What if I change things up? Do as the gods do when in Rome. Man, 
What what a what a wild one would it be if like because again they come out as full functioning adults essentially yeah but though the 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 thing that I kept latching onto with that the part that 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 really that really got me was trying to consider that trying to consider you have all of these memories but they are not you it's almost like having a split mind where there is memory but then suddenly there's something new. And that thought is you. Yeah. So you're operating outside of these memories. You're essentially looking at them as if they're on a computer pulling stuff up when when you want. So what if when one of them was born, its first thought was, oh, this doesn't seem right. This isn't working. <laughs> now imagine that baby Aboleth leaves. So like this, so like what the the characters actually are interacting with is a baby a bullet oh. who has all of the memories of the other a Oh, I just had a thought. So you know how you said that they, they keep like the familial unit, even though yeah. there's no necessary need. What if there is a need, but for the parents to make sure that that thought doesn't happen? Yeah. Oh, see now that's interesting. See, now that is interesting because that brings up a lot more of the societal things than just their pure alignment. If if, if you don't mind me here, I'm going to go to Doctor Who real quick. Because like, <laughs> so something about, um, you, you, God, I'm, I'm terrible. Trash cans with the balls on them. Daleks. Daleks. So the thing about the Daleks is that they 100% believe that there's nothing wrong with them and that every choice they make is the perfect choice. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that that's what Abolus are feeling. Yeah, and there's there's um there's an episode where they they deal with a good Dalek and stuff like that. Yeah. a couple of them. I and think. And he died because he straight up realized that he made bad choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's literally written into their DNA that they can't. <laughs> yeah. And when they realize they do, they they can't survive that. <laughs> so like, I wonder if that's part of what being an Abolus is that. Knowing and understanding that nothing, that Abolus have never done any wrong ever, but they actually have, because I mean, here they are. And so staying under that, in that, within that society would keep that thought from just suddenly. Yeah. Occurring. Yeah. You've now made me want any Aboleth I ever have to talk in someone's mind as a Dalek. You will obey! <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't so silly. Like, I if, know, if this was like 30 years ago, hell yeah, that would be like... Here, here's another tangent. Literally the first thing I ever saw of Doctor Who was a Dalek on screen, and I just started laughing. What the fuck is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> Why is everyone so afraid of a plunger? Yeah. But now I love it and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, there, there, you know, now that you, you mentioned them, like, there is actually kind of a big Dalek vibe on them. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and like Eldest even kind of like resembles the, uh, God, what the hell was the freaking dude's name that kind of, that pretty much created the Daleks. It, it like, there, there, there is a lot of that in there now that you're pointing that out to me. Oh, that's, I'm having a glass shattering moment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, because there's 100% room, if you're bored with all the knowledge of your predecessors, 100% you're going to want to do something different if it hasn't worked till now. It's true. And if you're no longer the gods, then something hasn't worked. 
Yeah. <laughs> and like the previous abolists would blame the gods, but you know, new liberal abolists would be like, no, <laughs> we need to change the society. We'll get we'll get the millennial edition of the <laughs> of the aboliths. That's what we'll do. So what I'm saying is, uh, you should try to have an abolith uh, start a religion. Whoa! <laughs> the like, old fashioned like not way. a religion of them. Are you saying like not a religion of them, but like actually start a religion as in like a higher being within the aboliths? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and instead of like it. Like, you'll see cultists pop up in your world and be like, well, these evil cultists, but then you talk to them and they're like, no, we're not evil. We're just, we're just believing in a god like you do. You believe in gods, right? It'd be weird if you didn't. And you'd be like, I mean, yeah, but. (laughs) (laughs) And and so it's like, that'd be such an interesting world building little niche there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 100%. Hundred <laughs> percent. No, like that. That that is really the thing. Like there, there is a lot of interesting plot points uh, for an adventure. Um, and and the really cool thing is, I can actually see some of these getting put into already pre-written ones. Um, actually, just just doing a little bit of a uh, Google in here as as we were talking. Apparently, there is an adventure league um, a, a adventure module called Eye of uh, uh, Zifu. Oh, there's an actual H there instead of just uh, the just the P, uh, which it takes place during Storm King's Thunder. I think there is total room for that in there. There, uh, I mean, there's room for it even in like um, like uh, Dr- uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist of like it's in a city. What if a Boleth was under it? Like you, you could literally just stick these things in places and just have yeah. fun with it. There's already Aboleths in two adventures, and that's canon. <laughs> like you can possibly run into both of them. Um, I have no memory of this, but I don't want you to spoil it for anyone. I know. I'll ask you later. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, honestly, they, they're, they're so easy to just be in any adventure because there, there's a possibility for them to be anywhere, mm. not just the Underdark. It just needs to be someplace that's secluded and out of the way a little bit and big enough. Honestly, Mm -hmm. that's still getting me like, sure, they can go hang out in a cave big enough for a bear. But I think it should be bigger than that. (laughs) (laughs) Deserves to be bigger than that. (laughs) It does. It really does. Like, I mean, even if you if you Google search some like like just a bullets, like there's really interesting artwork that has them quite a bit bigger than their stat block is saying. (laughs) (laughs) Then I, I. I also forgot about what the uh, Pathfinder ones look like, and I'm now giggling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that is that's that's what I've got on a bullets kind of overall. Those are all like the plot points and stuff. Uh, I, I could think you, you got you got any like other lingering questions hanging in there? Not that I can think of immediately. Just the 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 biggest point that i would probably look into after if you're intrigued by this is look into their minions yeah because <laughs> that's going to be the second start of this show yeah well i i will say one of them one thing that did in that made me curious that i haven't had a chance to really look into is um this cross pollinates with with champions of lore we did demogorgon recently and in it, we uh, I, I learned about the where Demogorgon hangs out 
in the abyss Mm -hmm. and it's this uh it's a level that is kind of it's covered in water except for like you know weird stones things sticking out and he of the water and he his his palace is it's still weird that the demogorgon is him and not they i because there's like not even in the singular they the plural they there's literally two separate anywho uh yeah i know we we we, we talked about that on the show and it still bugs me um but so yeah, he's got this tower and it, it's like two coiling snakes around each other with skulls on top, super metal. But in the water around it are these intelligent stingray dudes who cast spells and shit, krakens and a bullets. Oh. And all three of them worship Demogorgon. Huh. They're all vying for Demogorgon's like praise. And that's that that brings in the interesting thing here. It's like, okay, so these abolis, not in the far realm, not in the material plane, they're in the freaking abyss. And not only is that strange enough, but they worship two-headed monkey man. Yeah. When and and so that even brings up more of the of the possibility of these creatures having changes of heart and and or you know, different ways of thinking because these ones do worship something. They worship the Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. I think as soon as you take them out of their society, that they can change drastically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there's there's canon history of, like, Abolus being driven mad. Like, losing their mind, quote, from the, from the books. It's like, yeah, it happens. And. Mm-hmm. But that's also the other thing. Like. The lore itself, personally, doesn't support the power level creep that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. These things were pre-gods, and granted, none of the lore suggests that they were better than gods. Obviously, it suggests the other way around because the gods won. And it's like, but the fact that, like, krakens are better than, than these guys who have been around more than anything yeah it's like this supernatural concept right it's like oh well we we beat the devil what's next well have you heard about actual darkness (laughs) it's like well what what about it we gotta beat it (laughs) it's the whole dbz thing where it's just like all right well i've gone as far as super saiyans can go oh no there's a bigger evil i have to go even further (laughs) yeah so it's like it, it feels like these guys on that list of we need to go further are way too low down. Just yeah, yeah no, yeah. Their lore doesn't support the level that they're at. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that is that's something that I think, you know, you can do at your table and and do to your taste of whatnot. Personally, yeah, I would make these things freaking OP. Oh yeah. I would double their health. I would like triple their damage psychic output. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would yeah. do a lot. Um, any kind of range, double it. <laughs> yeah, like like the it, I I do think that they, it, it that's that's the thing. Like you're saying, the lore doesn't fit the stat block, and I feel like, I mean, this is something that's probably going to come up quite a bit on these episodes. But I, you know, the, the like you, you don't judge a book by a cover. I feel like a lot of creatures get judged by their stat blocks, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter that the Aboleth has a stat block and then the next page is all lore and lair actions. Everyone just looks, oh, CR 10, don't care. Yeah. 
I know. I like that was exactly what happened with me with the blights. I was like, these pitiful CR one eighths. <laughs> they had freaking ties to it's, it's just the, like the amount that was another one. I'm like, the lore there. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like I, I feel like this one in particular kind of got a little shafted there. It feels yeah. it feels like it should have gotten more, but I think they were also trying to fill in that CR ten like oh yeah absolutely because absolutely CR ten is a good like normal campaign end boss yeah like most campaigns don't go to level twenty most campaigns go to around level ten ish and so it's mm-hmm. like that would be a good big bad end like <laughs> to finish off with with a big abolith with a bunch of tools and stuff like that because that, that would that would be a cool one but but yeah i feel like it should have been more agreed agreed mm-hmm. but uh but yeah that's uh that's all i got um but li- listener if, if actually you know what listen if you've got a monster that you think, and I might have said this last time. I don't remember. It's been it's been a few weeks. If you got a monster that you want us to deep dive on, that you know the lore of, and you're like, you gotta check this thing out, especially with this judging a monster by its stat block thing. Let us know at difficultyclass at gmail.com and we would love to to do a, a monster deep dive on them. Yes, at least have been really fun. <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, but I, I think that wraps it up. Unless you have any last words on Adolfs. No, I, I, that that is all I've got. My, I, I, I've talked out. Uh, that is a lot to, to say for me. <laughs> I will say the one thing that I wanted to point out that I don't think we mentioned. If you touch that slime, by the way. Oh, 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 yeah! I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my god! One of the most one last lore fascinating thing. things ever happens. If you touch that gray slime. It will mess you up. It will turn you into a fish person with like membrane skin. Oh, I totally forgot about that. How did I miss that freaking plot point? Yeah, Uh, it's in its stat block. If you touch its skin, if you do a melee attack on it, there's a save. And if you fail, you're, quote, diseased. But the disease is you can only breathe underwater. Yeah, no, it, it in, in the lore, it literally describes it as like it turns it into like a mucousy membrane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So how fun would that be? Just a big fight and you go to attack it and it's like, oh, well, now you're suffocating. Why? Because you need to go in water. Oh, yeah. no. Sorry, monk. <laughs> Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted to point that out because I saw. Yeah, it. no, no, oh, no. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you for seeing that one. No, because that one was super interesting. And I totally. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen a lot on my episodes, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was our show for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review of your service of choice, as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like your questions, advice, or stories read on the show, send them into difficultyclass at gmail. And if you have any monsters you want us to dive into, again, send them into difficultyclass at gmail. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass. And you can follow us on Twitter, me, uh, Alleybug321 and Rumi Romers on Twitter. And Trevor, where, they can fi- where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. Yes. And several other podcasts that you can find through his Twitter. <laughs> so many damn podcasts. <laughs> uh, so until next week, have a good game. Uh,